Welcome to The Lockdown, featuring your hosts, Eric Preston and Mike Conover. And now, The Lockdown Sports Podcast. Lift off and the clock has started. Mike, what do you think of my background? What is this, a warehouse? It's a, it's a warehouse full of weights. It's a weight room. That's a That's, weight room. Huh? This is yeah. Iron Palace. It's the off season, and I'm I'm training. You're training, Re- huh? ready, ready. Actually, when it comes to lockdown, there is no off season. That's right. Just get two weeks ready. a year. Your mouth's always ready. My mouth is always ready. They don't call me Golden Dong for nothing. Oh, wait, that's not why they call me that. Anyway, welcome to another edition of the lockdown. Mike, how are you tonight? Oh, I am feeling good. Feeling good. good. You know why? I'm, you know the number one reason why I'm feeling good? Probably the why? same reason you're feeling good. What's that? Because Carson Wentz did not come anywhere near the Bay Area. <laughs> the, the Bay Area or Chi-Town. I, you're right. I'm happy about that. I was a little bit worried when I saw that, you know, they really weren't going to, you know, especially what I saw what they got for him. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when I figured, when I heard the numbers that Philly was going to have to eat and yeah. how he wasn't going to be that big of a cap hit. It makes it tempting if you think you can turn him around. Right. But I'm like, the one thing, the two things you need in Shanahan's offense is a guy who can get rid of the ball, doesn't hold on to the ball, and is accurate. And I don't really see either one of those two things from him. Not last year, that's for damn sure. No, when he had when he had Frank Wright, he I mean that that run pass option stuff worked for him. So yeah, 2017 was the golden age for Carson Wentz. So Carson Wentz is now an Indianapolis Colt. He heads to Indy for a third rounder this year and a second rounder in 2022. That could be a first rounder if he plays 75% of the team snaps or if he plays 70% and the team makes the playoffs. Uh, he that, that pick will get elevated to a first rounder. Very reasonable compensation if you think you can turn them around again. Uh, and I think this proves what uh, I alluded to on last week's show, that uh, the Bears were never really in contention. And I do believe that in or that Philly was using them to sort of pump up the price on Wentz, and mm-hmm. Indy never bought it. And the offer stayed the same the entire time. It was confirmed today by Jay Glazer that Chicago sniffed around but never even made an offer. They made a phone call. They had an initial conversation, sort of discovery conversation about like uh, I have half a bag of chips. Uh, yeah. Would you take that? Yeah, and and they should have taken it, uh, <laughs> but I'm glad they didn't. I'm glad it didn't happen. Here's the thing: uh, it, is it possible that I'm sitting here 12 months from now saying, "Oh, the Bears should have went for Wentz"? Is no, that- no. I'll tell you why. He he he's gonna look better in. Indy because Indy has an offensive line. They do. And you guys' offensive line, it, it looked a little better at the end of the season. Did Lose, you losing change? Daniels really hurt, but the offensive line was absolutely atrocious last year. Right. But, you know, a bad quarterback, bad decision making by a quarterback can also make a decent offensive line look bad. It works both ways. But I agree with you. Indy's uh, offensive line is undeniably better than Chicago's. 
So no, no disagreement there. And uh, their defense performed substantially better last year. And uh, they had a more consistent, well, I don't want to say they had more consistent running game because their running game was, was up and down as well. But uh, I think it's Jonathan Taylor hit his, he kind of hit his stride. Oh boy, did he? Yeah, absolutely. And that was, that was something that drove me crazy for the first couple of weeks. I couldn't, couldn't figure out why they couldn't get it together and just block for this beast. And it just, it wasn't, it wasn't gelling. And then, then it's almost like it clicked for him and they were, they were solid down the stretch. And then they were able to incorporate Heinz uh, and um, who's that other back they have. It's, it, escaping me, but Heinz and Taylor were the, were the two uh, showstoppers there towards the end. Heinz was the receiving threat and uh, had, a, had a few games on a good games on the ground too, but uh, Taylor really showed what he showed in, in college. It, it's a good one, two punch. As long as you don't, you're not asking Heinz, like there was a couple games Heinz started and he's not going to be, he's not your, your bell cow type guy. He's your guy that, that can get you, you know, the tough third down. He can be the guy hurting hurting a team uh out of the backfield catching the ball and then you know every once in a while you know he'll get a nice run on usually one of those downs when they're not expecting a run and you throw him in there yeah um but i i like taylor coming out of college he just looked too good to to pass up again especially with that offensive line i mean best guard in football on, on that team. He might be the best offensive lineman. In football. He might be. He might be. He's definitely There's, in the conversation. Nobody ever wants to, you know, to say guard is the best offensive lineman. Right. But sometimes it's true. You know, he just happens to play guard. Yeah. I, uh, you know, my, my reason for not wanting Wentz is that to me, it's a very similar move to the Foles move where you're going to get a guy who's, reasonable certainly you know more uh, uh, Wentz is more expensive than Foles was reasonable that you have some level of comfort with uh the staff knows him very well uh Filippo was the uh quarterback's coach when Wentz had his uh MVP caliber 2017 season but you you want to go and I think they will go they have to swing for the fences and that's not what Wentz is. Wentz is like a safer play, but it's a, he's a risky safe play at the same time. Right. So you're, you're staying in your comfort zone with somebody that you, you think you know what his issues are and you're, you're familiar with him and what his strengths and weaknesses are, but then also, you know, rolling the dice a little bit that you can fix him. It's that's not the right play for this team because they have to do something. Otherwise the coach and GM are gone at the end of the season. There's, there's no doubt about that. And I think Indy has the luxury of sort of taking that swing. And if they fail, then the coach is not going anywhere. The GM's not going anywhere. Worst case scenario, they have a higher draft pick the year after. Because if Wentz plays that bad, I think they'll re-sign Brissett at this point. That makes the most sense. And go into next year with uh, Brissett. And Wentz is the starter, and then the, the rookie that they drafted last year, who uh, Jacob Eason, uh, and th- th- that's there. Yeah, you're done. Those are your three quarterbacks. And if Wentz is that bad, they can put Brissett in, and Brissett, if Wentz is getting benched, he'll outplay him, and at least you'll get a little bit more out of him. But you're you're going to be you know seven and nine, eight and eight with Jacoby Brissett most likely, with the rest of that roster, and in a, a very winnable division too. Um, you know Tennessee's your only competition there. <laughs> 
especially yeah. after Houston trades Deshaun. So I think it makes sense. It's it's a calculated well, it on, risk. It depends on if they get a quarterback. I guess. I mean, they, they could, but the, the rest of that roster still sucks. And if you can't True. win with Deshaun Watson in that roster, you're not going to win with Deshaun Watson's replacement in that roster. So I, I still think it's, you know, a, a two horse race in, in the South, but it, it, the, it, the move makes sense for Indy. And if you remember last year, like I, I said, I bet he goes to Indy. They have a ton of cap room. They've got that comfort level and it just made too much sense. Yeah. And as the year went, on and, and after they got rid of Peterson, I didn't actually think they were going to get rid of Wentz. And then boom, out of nowhere, these rumors came out. And it was really funny the way this unfolded you know, a couple of weeks ago. It looked like uh, the Saturday before the Super Bowl that, that Wentz was going to be a bear. And turns out that was completely made up by Philly media. But did you hear the reports that came out yesterday that said that Wentz wants absolutely nothing to do with Chicago? No. So I'm pretty sure this is the way this went. Chicago was one of the teams that reached out to Philly. They leaked it, of course, trying to drive Indy's price up. Indy stayed in place and didn't, didn't budge. This thing was playing out for way too long, and it was becoming abundantly obvious that Chicago, at the very least, wasn't offering more than, than Indy was, because if they were, they would have taken it. Right. So Indy starts to put the pieces together and says, no, nah, they're, they're not doing anything. They're, they're not, may not even be in this at all. And then I think somebody from Indy leaked that Wentz didn't want anything to do with Chicago. So that Philly <laughs> had nothing to do, but, but trade him to Indy because that came out yesterday and then he's traded today. Yeah. So it, it really, the, the, the smoke screens and the rumors are just absolutely insane in the NFL in the off season. It's the off season is too damn long. Uh, but at the same time, you don't have long from, you got, from February till second week in April. So you really have um, eight weeks to, to make this whole thing happen. Maybe yeah. nine, eight, nine weeks to make, make the whole thing happen and, and shape your roster. And with the uncertainty with COVID and, and the way the off season has changed, you got no combine this year. It, it teams have to act quickly. And the first domino obviously fell a couple of weeks ago with Stafford and, and golf. And now Wentz is traded. Who's the next one? What, what's the next piece that gets moved? I don't think it's Watson yet. I don't think it's Carr. I don't think Carr is Carr, going I, uh, Carr is not going anywhere. He's not. I don't think, I don't think he's going anywhere. Um, I don't think Jimmy G's going anywhere either. I don't think so either. I think, because I think, as you start to play musical chairs, you have to have a chair to sit in if you're going to give your chair to somebody else. Right. So I think as these pieces start to move around, and a team like San Francisco will look and go, well, well, Who's left for us to get? If we get rid of him, we got to go on on Watson, or we got to do this, we got to do that. Right. And there, and Houston talks more about, well, the reports are Houston's talking more about wanting Bosa and not uh, Garoppolo. Yeah. Again, I don't. I don't know. It's it's so hard to believe, especially now with these these Twitter reporters that you know, we'll just put something up and say, sources say, and then it becomes something that, that gets put out there in the ether and everybody's reading it and it grows legs, but where's it actually coming from? 99% right. of these people don't have any sources. They're just making shit up. Right. Or they think of something, you know, like we do, where we just suggest things and then they go, yeah, I'm going to say a source said that. <laughs> I mean, technically we're sources, we're bad sources, but we're sources. I mean, I think, I think Donald yeah. is the next one that gets moved. 
I'm I'm actually surprised that you hear so many teams connected to Sam Darnold. Mm-hmm. Sam Dar- Darnold. I I can't believe the the New York media hasn't completely trashed him. I, they almost may have kind of spared him in some some ways. I think Gase has a lot to, to do be with able that. to get him out to be able to get him out of there. Yeah, because he hasn't he hasn't played great. Now he's on the Jets and they haven't had a great team or anything. But uh, he's had you know he had the mono thing. He's out there making out with chicks at the bar, mm-hmm. which is you know I'm not gonna I'm not gonna fault the guys. What 23, 22, 23, making out in New York City. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, you know, he's had, he's had a few injuries and he gets nicked up and he's not available. I'm surprised that a lot of teams are, are, are looking at him. And I wasn't, I wasn't big on Darnold coming out of college. I didn't think, I didn't think he looked that great. Um, from, you know, from that standpoint, you know, of, you know, he's got a big arm, but. Well, I, I mean, look, Sam Darnold, uh, Carson Wentz, these guys that haven't played well and are hot commodities are proof that every NFL coach thinks they're smarter than all the other ones. All the offensive gurus think they're better and smarter. All, all the quarterbacks coaches and and uh, passing coordinators and passing game coordinators and all these offensive positions that have been created over the years. They all think they're better and smarter than everybody else. Sometimes you're wrong. And I think that's the case with, or could be the case with Darnold where, where he ends up. But the reason I think he moves next is because if New York is a possibility for Watson, which I I guess it could be, I again, don't see him approving them as a location, but in theory, let's, let's suspend that theory for a minute and say that, they're a possible destination. I doubt Houston's going to want Darnold back because you're going to want to take a swing on somebody with that third pick, right? So what what are they going to do with him? Because they're not going to want him on the roster. So flip him now, turn him into something. May, you maybe get a second round pick for him if you're lucky. That's, I think, the be- absolute best you're going to do. Um, and then maybe start thinking about using those picks and you know, packaging some something together to, to go for somebody else, but they at least have options. The team's not going anywhere. They've got a new head coach. Um, the GM's bought himself some more time. So they're going to take a quarterback at three. Most likely let get rid of Watson now or get rid of <laughs> uh, 14 slip. They need to get rid of him now, but uh, get rid of <laughs> Darnold now uh, maximize what you're going to get for him. Because the more these quarterbacks start to come off the board and he's one of the least desirable ones, yeah, then, then you're like, okay, all these other teams that needed quarterbacks got theirs already. I don't really want Darnold that much. I'll give him a shot, but now I'm going to give you a fourth rounder. How so about I, how about I think New England? Move him soon. How about New England for Darnold? I I can see that because I can see you that know, Belichick definitely thinks he's know, smarter than everybody else, and you know Belichick loves the deal. Mm-hmm. I feel like Monday, you know, every Saturday he's probably watching game film and like clipping coupons at BJ's. <laughs> <laughs> and normally I'd say, look, um, no shot because the Jets aren't going to trade him in the division. But if they think he sucks and he's washed up and he's got no future, well, we'd trade like him to somebody in the division. Twice <laughs> yeah, trade him to somebody in the division. That's like uh, that's like high level thinking right there. <laughs> uh, but I think he's the next one to go. But. But I think the one quarterback 
that nobody's really talking about, certainly not in the first, you know, three or four names that you've heard mentioned that could be on the move is Ben. Did you hear? Yeah. Kevin yesterday, Colbert. Kevin Colbert. That did not sound good. No. So during his press conference, he was asked about Ben's future. And he said, as we sit here today, Ben is a member of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Okay. <laughs> Glowing recommendation. He reiterated to us that he wants to continue to play. And we told him, quite frankly, we have to look at this current situation. With Ben's cap number, some adjustments will have to be made. That doesn't sound good at all. Well, that that also may have been, you know, him not saying the right words. But, you know, Ben has already said that he'll play for whatever next year. Yeah. So it shouldn't be a problem getting his cap number. I don't know what what all entails with how low they can get his contract restructured to within rules and you know everything so i i don't know what they can do with that contract but um i i think there's really I, not much of a limitation on, on what they can do I, um, I don't think i don't think ben plays for another team i think if the steelers don't want him you he think he retires i think he would just walk away i think it would be like a you know you know i think a few years ago a different ben would say, all right, go ahead, release me. I'm going to go to another team and I'm going to stick it to you. Could be. You know, but I, I, I think he's already said that, you know, he wanted to go out with Pouncey and, you know, Bill in the Wave is probably not going to be there next year. Um, they're doing, you know, they're overhauling the team. Juju might not be there next year. Mm-hmm. So I've all, I've heard some rumors too that Juju is planning on going wherever Darnold goes. So you know, I, again, that could be lazy reporting, right? <laughs> you know, you got the quarterback and and wide receiver from college, but uh, you know, I've I've heard that rumor. I, I mean, Juju's young, and I could see him saying something like that. Like, I'd like to get back with that. I'm what I'm what Darnold needs. Um, I don't know if he wants to play that game. Yeah, I don't know. But, I mean, hey, look, you know he can't go to the Jets, right? And that's maybe the one place that you wouldn't want to go. So Now, as far as as far as far Juju goes, the, the thing that I don't like is the narrative that he's had two down seasons. And, you know, the, people don't think he's that good because his good seasons came when uh, Antonio Brown was getting all the attention. And – I don't necessarily think that he's had two down seasons. He played the whole season, you know, not last season, but the season before last um, with Duck Hodges and Mason Rudolph, mm -hmm. <laughs> or, or as they say, Mason Ironhead. <laughs> Rudolph. <laughs> um, and then, you know, this year they, they kind of went to that quick, passing offense and they asked him to play the slot and you know he did his job you know he was the you know he kind of he kind of slid into that like Heinz Heinz Ward role yeah I think Juju offers you a lot more um 
but there's some receivers that are going to be available this year that that I think that might drive his price down, might actually keep him in Pittsburgh. Um, if something gets worked out, Bang. I think there's going to be a lot of variation on how these NFL teams feel about the receivers that are available. I think obviously the consensus is that Robinson is the best available, but I don't think he's going to be available. But you got guys like Juju and um, Godwin and Godwin and uh, the Listen, o- guy from o- Houston. O- What's the guy's o- name from Houston? Uh, drawing a uh, blank. Fuller. Fuller. Will Fuller. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think there's going to be some. And Fuller to me hasn't shown enough to be that guy that you're going to break the bank on. I, I think somebody will, but I don't think he's shown enough for that to be no, the case. No, I don't. I don't think you break the bank on Juju. I think you pay him um, like second tier. Mm. You know, I don't think I don't think he's a guy that you pay in the the, the five to seven million range. I think he he could. I think he could get you nine. 10, I think he should be able to get nine or ten million. Yeah. Um, but if that's the case, you, he might want to sign like a one year deal somewhere that he can kind of prove it. Because he's still so young that he has time to do that. Did you see what Chase Edmonds said yesterday? No. So the cap, the cap number, the floor is 180. Okay. So it's going to be at least 180, maybe more. So about five million more than it was expected to be. And again, right. it could still be more than that. Mm-hmm. And Chase Edmonds uh, said yesterday, with a higher than ex- uh, paraphrasing, higher than expected cap and the uncertainty of COVID, I smell a lot of one-year deals. Super teams, here we come. So maybe there's some thinking among the players that. If I'm going to want to do a long-term deal and I'm going to want to get paid, paid, and I'm a free agent this year, maybe this ain't the year to do it. Maybe I bet on myself, take a one-year deal, and then try to make some scratch the year after as COVID loosens up, ticket sales are up, revenues up, things are getting back to normal, and they're they're you know projecting maybe a huge jump in cap for 2022. Maybe that's something that free agents will want to do. Yeah, and if there's a huge jump, you might be, you know, some of these guys might be able to stay. Like, if you sign a one-year and take a little bit less money kind of deal and you hook up with a team that's, you know, a player or two short from a big contract, I mean, a, 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 a Super Bowl, and then you help them win said Super Bowl, and then they have, they go from 15 million in cap space this year to 35 million in cap space. And they give you the long-term deal right there. That Here's the exact might- quote said uh, this free agency going to be wild. Going to be a lot of really good players take one year rentals because of that salary cap super team type. In my opinion, we're going to see though. It could, who do you think I, I could see Brady? <laughs> trying to help uh, and, and put together like a super team. Oh yeah, I mean they pretty much did it last year. They rented you know yeah. some players for a Super Bowl. It worked. Um, but I, I mean, are they rentals? I mean, uh, yeah, they were all one year deals, right? Browns yeah, one year deal. Think, you know, AB is going to be back. 
Yeah, but they're just going to rent them again. I mean, technically they're all rentals, but you know, they're there. It's going to be most of those guys come back. It's probably going to be another one year deal. Maybe two at the most Fournette yeah. might be the exception to that, but um, those were all rentals. I mean, you could rent it again, but uh, you know, I definitely think that they all were. I think if Godwin leaves, I think uh, Tampa might lock AB up for two or three years. That's possible. That's possible. I don't know. I don't know if Godwin's going to leave. Um, somebody could do something stupid. I look if Jacksonville's gonna, obviously going to have a quarterback that people are going to want to play with. So maybe maybe Jacksonville uh, opens up the pocketbook for for a guy like Godwin. I heard the ha- Patriots. I heard the Patriots. Uh could look at him i heard that too they got to worry about quarterback first but i heard that too there's another team a lot of, there's so many teams that that just have giant question marks at quarterback uh I, <laughs> dallas is in really good shape right because that's what you want you want to be in a position where you could franchise a guy that's one of the best available guys or you could get crazy and 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 you know dip into the watson market how about that how about how about if uh watson stayed in, in the great state of the frozen state of Texas. Uh, you think they they throw a ton of money? Well, they, I mean, see. what are no, what are they trading? But, what are they trading to get Watson? Just I mean, they yeah, they would have to basically trade away all their first round picks. You know, they've got a, a relatively high uh, first round pick uh, in this draft. Let's see what number they are. Ba, 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 ba. They are nine. 10. 10. Yep, they're 10. So that's tempting. You know, you go 10 and then 2022, 2023. Um, maybe, maybe you franchise Dak, include him in the deal. Yeah, maybe yeah. a sign and trade. Yeah, yeah, which is very rare, but you know, the franchise for that works better. Because then you have till July, right? So they tag Dak, they include him in the deal to the Texans, and then the Texans have until July to work out a long-term contract with him where he plays under the franchise tag, which but is probably Dak's, less than Dak's, Dak's going to want. Dak's got to agree to that because um, Dak I, say, I, I don't say I'm not signing the I'm not signing the, the franchise. Right, he could he could not sign the tender. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Dallas is in, you know, my point was Dallas is in a good position, right? So worst case scenario, you know, you at least have one of these top guys. Um, and and you don't really have any fears about that injury, I don't think. You know, a broken bone, you know, not as severe as anything like Alex Smith's. Um, obviously, a gruesome injury, but you don't worry about him doing it again next year. You know, no. or, or it, you know, blow, uh, right. it was a destroying his mobility. It was, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but I, I I think they're they're in a good position. But uh, you know, getting back to you know the the quarterbacks, I think Darnold's next. We'll see what happens with Ben. You know, I, I think you're right. You know, money's not really the thing for him. He wants to win, and you know, a team that really was far from perfect last year, but just found a way to win, and you know, ended up the year twelve and four. The problem with that is that division's getting tougher, and they're they're sort of going in the opposite direction. Um, especially from from an age standpoint at the quarterback position. That uh that that division has some really good young quarterbacks. Yeah. So yeah, you obviously want to keep Ben around because I, I think they're they're it's gonna be difficult for them to get a better starter this year than than they're gonna have with Ben. But 
you, you it's going to be tough for them to find another quarterback in 2022 to, right. to continue to compete. They might have to go through a year or two of some un-Pittsburgh like but play. This is and 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 that's the danger of of going for the the win now uh, kind of aspect when they they paid a bunch of people and they restructured Ben's deal. They gave him upfront money you know, to restructure and, and a lot of things. And they didn't win when they had those great, you know, they had those great offensive teams with Bell and uh, and Brown and, and Roethlisberger. And, you know, they just didn't finish. And they spent a lot of money getting, getting guys in there that were going to win. And they didn't. So now they're, they're stuck with, you know, no money. And you know, a uh, hundred and sixteen-year-old quarterback. Yeah, that's but, that's tough. But Ben played well last year, and I think the the Steelers are one of the more loyal uh, franchises. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I mean, look look how few head coaches they've had. I mean, yeah. it helps if they've had, they'd have some really good ones, but right. Um, but I I think if if Roethlisberger makes the the money right for them. It it's a no brainer that you keep him and you send him off right. Yeah, maybe one of these teams that misses out on all their plans though steps up and and makes him an offer. You know, one of the one of these teams that that's win now. It'll be interesting. I, I definitely think there's going to be a couple of quarterbacks that nobody expects and nobody's discussing being moved right now that, that are on different teams next year. Uh, yeah. I mean, you got, you know, like the Eagles said, they're, they're going to bring in uh, a quarterback to compete with Hertz. You know, yeah. you, do you bring in like a, a Fitzpatrick? I think I think the Panthers would move away from Bridgewater if, if something came up. Uh, I think they regret that signing. I think the Niners would move away from Jimmy G if they got something they really liked. I don't think they're going to go lateral. Though. I don't think they're going to, but I, I I think that they'd be willing to. Like, there's some teams you look at and go, they're not changing their quarterback. I think the Niners would be could be convinced if the right thing came up. Uh, I'd say the same thing about the Vikings and cousin. I'd say the same thing about the Raiders and Carr, although they continuously say they won't. And I think, I honestly think the reason that they're not going to move away from Carr is not because they don't really want to. Um, they're at pick 17. So they're not going to draft a quarterback unless you're, you're getting, you know, one of these high picks for Somebody car. Yeah. yeah. Unless you're getting one of these high picks for car, which I don't think you will. Uh, so it's, you know, I, I think he's, he's a Raider next year. I think the Dolphins could maybe be convinced to move away from Tua. Uh, Washington needs a quarterback. Um, there's just there's just so much. It's gonna be it's gonna be a fun offseason. It's been it's been a crazy. I mean, the Super Bowl was what three weeks ago, and there's there's been a ton of ton of insanity since then. Uh, speaking of insanity, I came across a mock draft that it's not consistent with what i've seen but i i'd be hard pressed to call any of these things crazy so i won't go through the the whole thing but i want to talk about a few that i thought were interesting 
let's start with number two. Uh, the Jets taking Zach Wilson at quarterback. Wilson's like the Trubisky of this year's draft. Um, mm-hmm. Not not in skill set, obviously. Very different, very different player. But he is flying up the draft boards, supposedly. And there's lots of conversation about him being looked at in the same light as Trevor Lawrence. And again, sources. Uh, there's at least one, maybe more NBA, uh, NF, NBA, NFL team that has him ranked higher than Trevor Lawrence on their board. So a lot of the mocks that I've seen have Fields or uh, Penny Sewell going to the Jets. Zach Wilson, BYU to the Jets. What do you think of that? Uh, I mean, there's been like, I can think of, I think I can think of two quarterbacks from BYU. Is it Detmer and Steve Young? Yeah. And Steve Young, Steve Young was a, a running back part of the time that he was there. Uh, I mean, ended up Hall of Fame quarterback, but um, I don't know that that's a risky move taking taking Wilson at two uh he had a ridiculous season and he showed a lot uh last year but he 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 seems like one of those guys that like I was telling you earlier like we look at too much of the intangibles that you know the the potential instead of like all right this guy is a rock star Mm -hmm. because when you look at somebody for potential that doesn't mean that they're going to come in and be, you know, Joe Burrow, Peyton Manning. You know, you're not going to have these huge rookie seasons out of the guy. You know, they're a guy that, that you have to work with and develop. And nobody's giving these – and people don't want to give these guys, the time, you know, time to develop. You, you're no, definitely not. And you're a quarterback. We're going to use you. And, you know, I think – him being a number two pick would set him up for disaster. If he goes later, later in the draft, and people don't mind if he's sitting behind somebody for a year or so, mm-hmm. he could have a good career. But I think if you just throw him in with the Jets, the Jets have a crappy team, you know, he's going to be another guy that we're talking about. Could be Darnold. Yeah. Yeah. About how horrible he is. Yeah. Potential <laughs> over what what has already been accomplished is exactly what leaded Chicago to take Trubisky over right. Watson. Right. So yeah, it's, it's a dangerous thing to do, but and, and uh, I still th- think that was, I, still, I, I don't know who looked at, at Mitch Trubisky's one year at, uh, was it North Carolina, right? North Carolina. Yeah. One year at North Carolina and he had more potential than, uh, than Watson. And his, I got news for you. The answer to that is almost everybody. Um, I have seen just because people like to tell, rewrite history. I've Mm -hmm. seen many of these uh, real sports writers and fake Twitter sports writers alike uh, say, you know, that Chicago is stupid for taking Trubisky over them. It is very easy to produce the receipts and show that they all had Trubisky ranked as the number one quarterback in that draft. People forget that, um, but um, it was 
Trubisky, Watson, Mahomes, and then there are a lot of people that said Mahomes was not. There were a lot of people that panned the Mahomes pick. We were. I was. I was one of them that wasn't high on. Yeah, me too. We 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 joked about how many interceptions he was going to throw, and he throws them to the other players. They just don't catch them. But you know, Zach Wilson's one of these guys that you you see start to see these breakdowns and supposed things that these franchises are saying about him, and it's the skill set. It's you know, escapability. Always squares his shoulders, great downfield accuracy, good arm. You know, these are these are things that are traits uh, and and not, you know, accomplishments. But we, we'll see what happens. So that that one caught my eye. Uh, and then number three uh, was the Dolphins taking Jamar Chase. I think that is controversial. Uh, I, I, like, think, I like that. I, I like it too, but. I mean, I guess if if they're going to do that, they're going to be all in on Tua at that point, right? This this draft doesn't have a, a Deshaun Watson factor to it. So that being said, it makes some sense. <coughs> um, and we got two really good receivers in this draft, um, in, in Watson and um, the the kid from Alabama. What's Devonta Smith? Devonta but you Smith. also have you got you got both the Alabama receivers. Waddle yeah. is, is in yeah. the draft also. Yep, and you know a lot of people are taking Waddle before Devonta Smith. Mm-hmm. So Jamar Chase to the Dolphins. Uh, the next one, this is the one that made me go, "What?" But it's not that crazy. Uh, Justin Fields to the Falcons. Yeah, I I think that's a good pick for the Falcons. Yeah, you let him you let him sit behind Ryan for a year or two. Just really as won. long as you know, as really long won. as. You know, you can't really let him sit more than two years, more more than a year, right? Because like, they only have this these four year contracts with a fifth year option, mm-hmm. and then you know you let him sit one year. I mean, I guess if he's going to start for three consecutive years, you'll know by the end of that third year whether or not you want him. Right. So, but 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 two is like that. Uh, he was shitty year one, but that's expected. He showed some good things. He did a little better in year two, and oh, you got to make your decision. So I think really you can't really let him sit more any more than one year. Um, and, I think it you know, depends on the situation here. Yeah, I think the yeah. Falcons would be a better team this year. I mean, hell, they were a better team as soon as they got rid of Quinn. So I, I think they're going to be a better team. They're not devoid of talent. Uh, they made some cuts today. Uh, Ricardo Allen and uh, another player that uh, freed up ten million in cap space next year. So um, they're, they're going to continue to add talent. I think uh, they're, they're a franchise that's committed to winning. And with a new coach, you maybe want to at least have your, your next QB at least on the roster, which they certainly don't have now. Um, and Ryan is not getting any younger. So that makes some sense. But again, it's not one, it's not something I've seen in, in these mocks. Uh, and then, well, the Bengals, taking Penny Sewell at five. If the first four picks go like that, that's a no-brainer. Six was uh, Kyle Pitts to the Eagles. That's a good um, pick. It is. I if just you don't. You got to get rid of Ertz. <laughs> yeah, that's going to happen, I think. he does it. He's he's only on the books for, I think, uh, $8 million next year. So I think he's, he's as good as gone. I just don't. I, you just handed the keys to the kingdom to Jalen hurts. 
I think you got to fortify your line a little bit. Now, yes, they had a ton of injuries last year, uh, and they're third, expecting third to get line, some of those guys back good before the injuries. Right, exactly. So I, I think maybe you got to go lineman here, but you know, if it, if it plays out that way and Sewell's gone, yeah, you know, who who do you go with? So I mean, there's a ton of tackles in this draft, so I, I guess maybe the thinking is they grab somebody in the second round. Okay, so that was one that was a little odd. And then we'll skip down to pick eight, Trey Lance to the Panthers. So we've got four quarterbacks going in the first eight picks. That could definitely happen, but I I, I feel like this would be a reach for Carolina here. Yeah, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, – but – they, I mean, Teddy didn't play bad last year. He didn't play good. <laughs> he didn't no. Play, he didn't play good. He cost him some games. He cost him more than he won. Them. And, you know, let's not forget, they, their best, the best offensive player was not, not around. Right. Right. You know, and he takes a, a lot of pressure off of a quarterback. Bridgewater is not a guy that's going to win you games throwing downfield. Agreed. You know, he's going to, he's, he's kind of going to manage the game and then, you know, take a shot, you know, he'll take a shot. You design a good play for him and you get somebody open downfield. He can, he can make the throw. Uh, All right. So let's skip down because this one to me is, is uh, actually, this is the next pick on the board. This is history repeating itself. They've got the Broncos taking uh, Caleb Farley. Now, he's definitely the best corner in the draft. And there's no doubt about that. And I don't think this is a bad pick. I actually agree with it. But it it is amazing to me how similar this is to the situation that the Lions put themselves in last year. So Denver just released A.J. Boye uh, with good reason, but he's their best corner. So you released your best corner and now put yourself in a position where you pretty much have to take one in the first round. That did not work out well for, for Detroit after they traded Slay to Philly. Uh, they drafted uh, the kid from Ohio State. Uh, what the hell is his name? Um, oh, uh, um, Jeff. Jeff Okuda. Jeffrey Okuda. Yeah. So, and we can't remember his name because he didn't play last year. <laughs> he wasn't good enough to make the starting lineup consistently for one of the worst teams in the league. Granted, not a lot of cornerbacks come in and have immediate impact, but when your team is that bad and that devoid of talent in the secondary, you should be able to play. And he couldn't get that done. So does the same thing happen here? Because just like Okuda was the consensus best corner in the draft, Farley is the best corner in the draft this year. So again, don't disagree with the pick. I, I think it makes a lot of sense, but they've kind of put themselves in that position where they have to do that. All right, and then this is the one that I absolutely positively do not want to happen is they've got the Vikings taking Devonta Smith at 14. That would be fucking horrible. Yeah, Devonta Smith. My God, Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Devonta Smith. Uh, that's that's a hell of a receiving core. Thank God they still have Kirk Cousins as their quarterback if that ends up being their receiving core. But that <laughs> that would that, that would not be good. That would be very problematic. Yeah, I mean very problematic. I mean Kirk Cousins might even, you know, look good. 
<laughs> yeah, I mean, with with that, um, that, that's a lot of talent there. So, okay, so there's only two more picks that that uh, I kind of went. Oh, I don't think that's gonna happen. Uh, they've got Dolphins taking Najee Harris at 18. I Najee Harris is the best back in this draft. He's a great talent. Uh, just stop taking running backs in the first round. Just stop doing it. He's not, he's not a generational talent. And even when you do have a generational talent, quote unquote, like Ezekiel Elliott or Saquon Barkley, it's not the right pick in the first round. It's just not They're Yeah. They're not the, they're not the ones that, that typically put you over. Uh, I mean, there's so many running backs in college football that get looked over. But it's it's funny because when you see these guys merge as as top rushers in the league, mm-hmm. it always it, you seem to get these guys that that are second, third, fourth round picks that look end up you know being phenomenal. Yeah. So. Yeah, I'm with you. You could probably find somewhere else to use that pick. But, you know, then it's like, you know, they look back and they're like, oh, well, he's got, you know, he might be, he might run for 1,200 yards. And, but the, the reason I think that the, the running backs aren't valued in, in the, the first round as a first round pick anymore is because the, the, Running backs, or you're seeing less and less running backs getting the the 300 carries, 280 carries, and yes, carrying so many platoons. You get teams that are up 17 in the fourth quarter; they're still throwing. You know, so many of these teams end up lacking that guy who can finish the game off for you. You know. I mean, growing up, how many times did you see a team with a 10 point lead in the fourth quarter just grind the game out with the running? Yeah, it's a, it, it doesn't happen that much anymore unless you're the Titans. You know, they, they everybody wants to keep airing it out. So, I mean, I, I go back and forth on like, hey, you can you can get a running back in the second round, but if you get a guy who's, you know, all that talent on Alabama and, you know, you can make a case that he was the best player. Yeah. Yeah. Which, which is saying a lot because they, yeah. they, you know, in, in this draft, they've got three first rounders uh, actually spoiler alert. They've got more than three. Yeah, uh, they got Mac Jones. He, he could be a first. This is, this is the last one that, that I think is discussion worthy. Uh, New Orleans taking Mac Jones at 28. I mean, makes sense. Perfect sense. Makes sense. A lot of mocks last year. I remember seeing this over and over again, had New Orleans taken uh, Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So it's, it's and, time and now. Every, uh, and everyone was like, Jalen Hurts is just Taysom Hill. Yeah. Um, which he may be. Um, Breeze, if by some miracle he comes back, which I don't think he's going to, I, I think he kind of looked done, uh, especially in the playoffs. He was banged up. Yeah. Um, yeah, he had a lot of broken ribs and he had the, the thumb issue still. Uh, but even if he comes back, he's definitely not playing more than one year. 
It's no doubt, no doubt that he that he's no shot. He's playing more than one season. So I think you have to do something. I think a good plan for them would be to draft Mac Jones, let him sit behind. I mean, team will really want to say, let him sit behind James Winston, but let James Winston be the starter uh, yeah, until, like, until do, Mac Jones. Uh, are you supposed in the like, NFL? Are you supposed look, to go to the other team? He's going to so, be like, look, I'm going to show you how to throw a touchdown every time you throw a pass. <laughs> I didn't say which end zone it was going into, but I'm going to teach you something. He's like, I threw seven touchdowns today. By the way, you going to eat those crab legs? <laughs> so, yeah, that was that was a that was a good pick, I I think. Uh, and that's that's five five quarterbacks going in the first round. Do they have San Francisco taking that uh the corner from South Carolina? No. No, they got uh them taking uh the tackle uh Rashawn Slater from Northwestern. Um he's he's uh, pretty much the consensus second best uh lineman in the draft behind Penny Sewell. I, There's I only, a ton, of, a ton of tackles in this draft. A I ton. only see that if they can't get, they can't get Williams signed. Yeah, yeah, because I mean, otherwise, where are they going to play him? So yeah. well, let's see the commentary behind this pick. Let's see what it says. Uh, yep, uh, we'll see what happens with Trent Williams in free agency. But even if the Niners are able to resign him, Slater could easily slide inside the guard. Boom, there you go. Okay. So. You, you sign Williams, you draft Slater, you move him inside the guard, play a year or two or whatever's left on Trent Williams' contract, and then when he's gone, you slide him out to tackle. It's e- easier to find tackles who can play guard than guards who can play tackle. True. So interesting draft here from Daniel Jeremiah. Uh, let's let's shift gears to – did you get a chance to listen to that Undertaker interview? I didn't. I forgot all about it. Uh, it's all right. I'll, I'll give you. I'll give you a couple of highlights. Now, I normally don't like to promote the competition. It is head to head right now with us and Joe Rogan, but I got to give credit where credit was due. Joe Rogan did a really good show. He had Mark Calloway, aka the Undertaker, on there, and it was it was Rogan's shows like can vary anywhere from an hour to. Th- Four and a half hours. The Post Malone one was like damn near five hours. Depends on how high it gets. Yeah. Um, but this this one with The Undertaker was about two and a half hours. He had some other dude in the studio. I, I missed who it was, but I, I you know, I, I, he, I got the feeling that he's a guy who he's done comedy and some wrestling at some point. So I don't, I don't know. He's a, guy, a guy that was apparently really good friends with uh, Roddy Piper. But uh, one of the funnier stories that Taker told during it, and you should definitely go check check this uh, interview out, was he talked about how he initially got into pro wrestling because he was a basketball player, right? And I did he, hear, I did, I've heard that. Yeah, and he wasn't good enough to play here. He was going to play in Europe, uh, Lithuania. Yep. he's going to play in Lithuania, and he weighed his options and he thought about it, and he said, "No, you know what? I'm going to." I'm going to try to do something else. So it came down to uh, pro wrestling, I think was his, his plan B. And then the military, he said was probably what he would have done if that didn't work out, but he went to uh bruiser Brody's house with a bunch of other dudes. He paid him $2,000 in cash. He was pretty much homeless at the time. I say pretty much because he was homeless and he was like sleeping on his brother's couch every once in a while. 
Uh, he sold a bunch of stuff. He kind of gathered every every bit of money that he could, and then he took out a personal loan with his brother as a cosigner for the uh, the difference of the money uh, to come up with the two grand. And and he paid Bruiser Brody to teach him how to wrestle, and he said that it, he didn't teach him shit. It was all amateur stuff. Like he taught him how to, um, you know, literally like grapple on the ground and he was teaching them like cross phase and just like, just actual amateur wrestling. He's like, Bruiser Brody's like, you only gave me two grand. Yeah. So he, he and a bunch of other guys w- would show up every morning at his house. Uh, and he said one day uh, they would come in and there'd be one or two less guys and he was basically just beating the shit out of them, trying to get everybody to quit so he could keep their money. Uh-huh. And then he said one day it was just him. <laughs> he showed up and he was the only one there. And he knocked on the door and nothing. He knocked again, nothing. And he looked through the window and the place was empty. He empty. He moved in the middle of the night. He took all his furniture and everything and he left. Now, funny story apparently he he was trying to get out of there so quick he took his he left his dogs there so taker took his dogs he was like i couldn't feed myself and i had no idea how i was gonna feed these dogs but i was getting my two grand worth so he took these two rottweiler dogs that he had and uh he kept them and years later he actually was doing a show. He said he didn't name the, the wrestling company, but he said with another company and Bruiser Brody was at the show. And he said, I'm sitting in, in the locker room, just staring at him, staring at him. And finally he's like, what are you looking at? And he says, you, you don't know who I am. And he says, no, should I? He said, well, yeah, you, you owe me two grand. He's like, what are you talking about? And he's like, you don't remember me at all. I paid you two grand. No, I don't, I don't remember you. I don't remember you. He's like, well, you, uh, I owe you two grand. What are you going to do about it? And he goes, nothing. I'm good. How are your dogs? And then he said it was like a light went off in the guy's head. He looked at him. He remembered him. He's like, you got my dogs? He's like, yeah, I got your dogs. He said, oh. and that was it. That was it. He said, he said a couple nights after that. He was sitting in, in his motel down by where they were um, having a show and there was a Waffle House across the street and from his ho- uh, motel room, he could see into the Waffle House and Bruiser Brody was sitting at the table all by himself, all pilled up and drunk. He's like, you could tell he's just swaying back and forth. And I thought, man, all I got to do is go out there and hide behind the car, wait for him to come out and just bah, clock him. He'll never even know it was me. He wasn't afraid of him but he was afraid of he was still you know a nobody at the time right so he was afraid of you know not being put over because yeah yeah so he was like i thought about it long and hard but ultimately decided against it and rogan's like yeah it's probably a good idea you know if he's that drunk and that pilled up he's like that's how people die (laughs) he's like yeah and i'm sure i would have been on camera somewhere somebody would have caught me in some surveillance or something like that and And then a couple of years later somebody stabs him in puerto rico (laughs) So he said, he said, yeah, he, th- he thought against it. I thought, I thought that was pretty funny. That was a good story. And speaking then speaking uh, of Bruiser, Bro- oh, you're not. No, go ahead. You got a Bruiser Brody, Brody story. Uh, yeah. Have you ever heard Tony Atlas 
tell the story about when Bruiser Brody got stabbed? No. <laughs> You've heard Tony Atlas speak before, yeah. right? Okay. And he sounds like he looks like he's, you know, he sounds like he has muscles in his mouth. And he's like, he's like, I was in the locker room and the, you know, uh, uh, Brody was there and I forget the guy who, who stabbed him. But he said, you know, I hear him, you know, kind of talking and going back and forth and voices got raised a little bit. He goes and they and he goes, next thing you know, pow, he said, Brody just smacks him, holes off on him and they're tussling back. But then he said the guy pulls out this huge knife and just starts stabbing Brody in the stomach. But the noise Tony Atlas makes, he's like, all I heard was, oh, oh, I'm like. And if you look at Bru- Bruiser Brody, that kind of sounds like the sound he would make. <laughs> it sounded like an elk getting shot or something. All right, so I, f- I fucked up the story. Uh, I want to I want to make it right. I don't want I don't want Rogan coming after me. Bruiser Brody wasn't the dude he stole his dogs. Bruiser Brody was the guy he had his first match against that beat the shit out of him. Oh, I've I've heard that story. Yeah. So hold on. I'll, I'll get the guy. I'll get the guy's name. Hold on. I have heard that story with. Uh, uh, didn't he? He didn't he? Uh, he come out and he he kind of laid into. Yeah. Yeah, he, Brody. He, yep, and then and then he, he was like, "Settle down, kid." And then he's like, "This is my shot. I had to I had to do it." And he's like, "I was getting a little rough with him." And then then he just beat the shit out of him for ten minutes. He's Hold like, on. he was really giving me like actual pot shots. Yeah, uh, and and the the interesting part about how he got that match, he he went to. He went to um, World Championship Wrestling headquarters every Wednesday uh, because that was the day the checks uh, were handed out. He went there uh, every Wednesday for for eight months, and um, he went there for, every Wednesday for eight months, just trying to talk to. He said nobody even talked to him. And he said one day, uh, the the guy who was who was putting everything together, the the Booker, he uh, he said, "Hey," he said, "Give that kid a shot. He looks like my son." And apparently, his son had had just recently passed away. So, and that's that's when he gave him gave him the match with uh, with Bruiser Brody. Um, and here here's the other story that I thought was I mean he he had so many good stories, uh, but he was telling a funny story about the first time he met um, Crush. Brian Adams, um, he was in a gym and saw him racking up uh, 315, and he was about to do some squats. And he he said, hey, would you mind spotting me? And they were complete strangers at that point. So he said, he said, sure. So he's grabbing the bar and take her, like, cry, you know, the – you're going to spot somebody from, from doing squats. You're going to kind of hold it like underneath. Right. Mm-hmm. And he's like going in front of him. And he's like, what the fuck are you doing? He, he called him fag. He's like, what are you doing fag? He's like, That's, he's all, oh, I, I thought you were going to squat. He's like, I'm not going to squat that. He's like, I'm doing military presses. He was doing military presses with 315 pounds. 
<laughs> he said he just assumed he saw how much weight it was. <laughs> he assumed it was it was for squats. He was like, I can't do that. Or it'll snap my legs. He said that uh, he was he was describing um, crush to Joe Rogan. And uh, he said that he had legs like pull cues. Oh man, does? Yeah, that's what he said. Yeah, I, I I don't remember him being particularly. Uh, actually, I kind of do. I I kind of do now that he says that. I kind of remember like, because his his upper body, his shoulders were Huge. just so broad. He was such a big dude. Um, but he said he always worked uh worked worked the top half. He said he always skipped leg day. <laughs> Jose Gonzalez is who stabbed. Uh, who stabbed uh, okay. Brody. Um, right before we started recording, they announced the NBA All-Star. Yeah. Games. I saw the East. I didn't, I didn't see the West yet. Here we go. I got that for you. Uh, Western starters, uh, Steph Curry, uh, Luka Doncic, LeBron James, Nikola Jokic, Joker and Kawhi Leonard. Mm-hmm. You know, I look at the East. The East starters are uh, Kyrie, Bradley Beal, Embiid, Giannis, and Durant. I mean, Harden's playing really well. But I, I mean, you, who do you take off of that list? You take Bradley Beal off? Bradley Beal? No way. Bradley Beal is the Beal. only player playing for for washington right now i mean he's averaging like 33 a game yeah um and he also had i mean the harden since he's been on the nets has been really good um but you know he he dogged it in houston yeah so he's put together a quarter of a season and not a whole season um kyrie also had his little mental break, but yeah. he's he's playing out of his mind. Right he now. is. He's playing some of the best basketball um, in his career. So is Embiid. Embiid is is yeah. he's. You know what Embiid looks like? I, I actually I've watched two Sixers games this year, and the the thing that it that looks like to me, Embiid looks a little bit lighter. He looks more fit. He looks like he's not like completely gassed. He looks like he spent more time on cardio and less time in the weight room in the offseason. Yes. I, yes. Yeah, he doesn't I agree. look sluggish and he looks like he has a balance. I was like, when when I, wa- I watched the game earlier in the season and I saw that and I was like, Embiid might be a problem for people this year. So good for him that, you know, he's he's gotten – you know, serious about something like that. It'll probably keep him healthier too. Uh, Durant is an obvious choice, and obviously Giannis, you got it. He, he's going to be a starter. But so I don't, I don't necessarily have a problem with uh, Harden not starting. Um, I, I honestly don't have a problem with really with with either one of these. Mm-mm. You know, I I don't feel like there's a. Um... There's a uh, massive snub. No. 
No, I I tell you what though, Zach Levine better make the All Star team this year. He's been snubbed the last two years, and uh, he deserves to be a freaking All Star this year. Yeah, if he was on a different like Chicago is, you know, they they if if there was a an award for mediocrity, they. They'd be the all decade team for mediocrity, but yeah, they're kind of stuck, like <laughs> you know, right? Uh, they're they're all, all, always seem to be on the cusp of that eighth spot, uh, yeah, but never like really in, in of any danger to do anything with it if they get into the playoffs. And they're not getting blown out by uh, <clears throat> they're not getting blown out by teams. The you know the good teams they they play. They're, they're playing top teams and they're going in like overtime and you know it's 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 a two three point game at the end of some of these games and then they go get blown out by the bottom feeders so there's just no they're young and you know there's not a lot of consistency and I'm hoping that they don't just blow up the team and trade Levine and you know leave us with nothing. Yeah, there's, uh, you know, I've seen that a lot, uh, especially around, you know, Chicago media members that I follow. And, you know, I, the the NBA is tough. I mean, we talked about this not too long ago where it's like, if you're a bad team and have a really good player, just trade them, just get rid of them. It's such a weird mentality. Like Levine's the only, only thing they got going for him, really. Well, they've um, got a bunch of guys and it's like, there's potential there. There's potential that like, right, you got but Kobe he's the White. only player, like definitely this guy can play. Well, you got Laurie Markanen. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, okay. Levine's on another level, especially with the oh, way yeah. he's playing this year. Yeah. Um. It's, but yeah, it's, it's, it's so, it's such a weird thing, but I, I saw it phrased the other day and it, it made some sense. And it said, um, are the bulls going anywhere? If Levine is going to be their best player. You know, meaning even if they surround him with more talent, but he's still the best guy on the team, is that going to be enough? He needs to be second. He's like, he's in that Paul George. Yeah. You know, great player, but he's not the guy that is going to necessarily lead you to the promised land. He'll fill up the, they'll fill up the basket and he'll make plays all game, every game but he's not going to be that guy that, you know, that leads you to the championship. I can see they basically need another, another superstar. Like, you know, Paul George went with Kawhi and they have Kawhi and they lean on Kawhi. The Clippers are going to go as far as Kawhi. Who's the most complete team in the NBA right now? the jazz that's what i was gonna say yeah i mean they're but i don't think they're the best team no no i don't i agree with you 100 percent. i don't think they're the best team and i also don't think they're gonna beat <laughs> i don't think they, they would beat uh la in a seven game series uh but they're just solid they're just a solid team i mean uh i think they could i think they could beat the lakers i think they could beat the lakers i don't know I don't know if Davis is, you know, 
this turns out to be nothing. Davis is healthy. Um, the Lakers surprised me by starting Schroeder as much as they have. Um, I, th- I thought they were going to keep him off the bench. So I, I think it's taken them some time to gel with the new starting lineup, but they, they just have so many options. Um, I think they're better than they were last year. And I think when it comes down to it, while they're still, you know, the, as effective as they are, I mean, Davis is obviously still really young, but I just, I think between Davis and, and Schroeder and LeBron, they're going to be, they're going to be really tough for anybody to beat. Don't forget. And Harold and, and yeah. you know, they still, they still have Kuzma. Yep. Um, they've got a bunch of good players that a lot of teams would use and, and lean on more, but they're best suited to be just a role player. Yeah. And that's what they get to be, you know, on these teams. So, but, the, um, but you're right about the jazz. I mean, look, Clarkson's uh six man of the year so far. I mean, it's early, but he's playing, playing amazing. Um, Gobert will give you, you know, patience here will give you, you know, you know what you're going to get out of him. <laughs> it's solid, you know, unique, a 2020 guy that can actually, or a double, double guy that can actually affect the game. Unlike uh, Dre Drummond, where he just puts up empty stats. Um, and and Donovan Mitchell is playing out of his mind. Yeah. Yes, he is. You know, but they they like you said they've got a complete team with uh, what's his name uh, the lefty uh, the Colin. big white uh, 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 Bogdanovich. No. Uh, Joe Ingles. Yes, he always yeah. looks drunk. Yeah, he always looks like. He always looks like he's like uh, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have to have a pint at I'm gonna have to have a pint at halftime. I, I uh, listen. Jesus I was Christ. really mad at Joe Ingles a couple of weeks ago. I had like a five player parlay going, and the last player that I needed to get one more assist was Bogdanovich, and uh, I wasn't really paying that much attention to the game, but it was on. And I just looked up in the fourth quarter and I saw some white dude get an assist. And I'm like, yes, fuck yeah, fuck yeah. And then he turns his back and it says Ingles. I was like, God <laughs> damn it, motherfucker. I was really, really pissed at poor, poor Ingles. He didn't do shit. He made a nice pass. That's all he did. But I was not happy with him. But you're right. He, he does look drunk. He looks like, I'll tell you what he looks like. He looks like he drank a lot the night before and yeah. rolled over in the morning, hung over and took a sip like, of vodka that he thought was water and then somebody took his picture so like got that like shocked drunk look like, on his face like i i swear i played against him in a in, in my men's league <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you're playing for the jazz now Jay? <laughs> that's funny uh but yeah I, I agree the jazz are probably the most complete team uh i think the mavs are uh get my vote for underachievers so far to this point, uh, I think they're uh, a lot better team uh, than they've been playing uh, for sure. Uh, and I still think, uh, you know, Philly's a good, solid team, but I, I just don't, I don't know. T- time will tell. There's a lot of teams right now underachieving. Boston should be winning more games than they are. Um, the Knicks are hear, overachieving. Uh, did you hear what Tatum said? Uh was he the one that said that they're just not very good right now? That they're no, average? Oh, no, that he was. Said, he said he's having a lot of trouble getting his basketball conditioning down because 
you know, he had COVID. Oh, no, I didn't hear that. And he said he's having a lot of trouble, like, being in basketball shape. You know, he's not having trouble, like, walking around the house and doing normal things. But he said, staying in, like, top-notch shape where I can play 40 minutes every night is, like, he said he's struggling with it, basically. Yeah, I mean, so uh, some athletes who are in really good shape before are definitely struggling with that. It's a lung capacity issue, and yeah, Von Miller. It's a shame. Yeah, Von Miller said that. I think Von Miller said at one point he was he was thinking about not playing anymore. Well, that running back. I don't know if you know this. That running back from the Jaguars. I'm forgetting his name right now. I'll, I'll look it a up. Rookie? While I'm talking. No, he's not a rookie. Um, I'm going to look it up. Hold on. Um, he is still, in, well, maybe not still now, but uh, during the playoffs was still hospitalized. Wow. He had been in and out of the hospital repeatedly. Uh, uh, Divine Azigbo. Uh, no, Agumba Wale. Yeah, Agumba Wale. Uh, nope. Who the fuck is it? Maybe it was a Zigbo. One of those dudes was really, really, really sick with COVID. And uh, it's got to be this guy because he's got one carry for one yard on the season. <laughs> um, but, yeah, that, that dude was was really sick and was in and out and in and out and in and out. Um, and it, it just it, – if some people just can't deal with it and then uh, everybody's immune system's different and uh, it's, it's a shame when it affects a high level athlete like that. And you're like, wow. Oh no. <laughs> All right. There it is. Uh, uh, All right. It's either, it's either Raquel Armstead or divine is one of those two guys. One of these guys. Got yeah. It. It's yeah. Got it. Got it. And got it bad. Well, uh, before we go, uh, how about Vincent Jackson? Yeah, that was that was uh, a shame. Uh, it is Rockwell Armstead. I found it. Okay. Um, that's a shame. Dead at thirty-eight. Uh, what day was that? Monday, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, something like that. Monday or Tuesday. Yeah, they still have not. They still have yeah. not. Um, Determine or at least announce the cause of death, but they they've been talking about him having CTE, and uh, apparently he he had been staying at that hotel since like the beginning of January, and his his wife uh, reported him missing. Yeah, in like I saw that mid January. And the cops did a wellness check on him, and I guess he was like, "I'm fine." Yeah, he was like, they I want to go home. And you know, and then apparently they found him dead, which is you know, it's crazy. It, it doesn't I seem like that long ago where he was, he was playing. Everybody blames this on on the NFL, and yeah. I don't I don't think it's just the concussions these guys got in the NFL. I think you know, even like going down the you know, when we were kids, like peewee football and high school football, you know, they were, you get, you get your, you know, they'd say your bell rung, you get your bell rung, they give yeah. you some smelling salts. 
and you were at practice the next day, much less not playing in a game. You, you didn't really miss practice. You know, I can remember my freshman year in college. Uh, I was playing in a, I was playing in a pickup game uh, outside of the dorms. I had, I had, uh, I had a small tear in my hamstring and I just got cleared that morning. So I was like, I kind of want to run around and, and test it out. And I'm, and I'm running out for a pass. I run face first into a light post. <laughs> Ouch. Knocked myself out cold. But everybody who has told me the story, is like, it was the funniest thing I've ever seen. I said, oh, great. Uh, me running into the pole is the funniest thing you've ever Concussions seen. Concussions are hysterical. <laughs> I ran, apparently, I ran into the pole and my feet completely like Charlie Brown. And it <laughs> went, you know head over heels and I hit the ground, but they said I popped like right back. I didn't lay on the ground. I just popped right back up. And I started making like I was walking back, like, you know, for the next play. They said, I just started walking off. (laughs) And I thought I was going back to the game. I don't remember anything. And, uh, one of the assistant coaches on the team was also like uh, the dorm, uh, what do you call it? Dorm cop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, he was like, he lived in the dorm. Was it an RA or whatever? RA, yeah. And he was coming back from like dinner or something. And I was sitting on the steps and he thought I was stoned. And he was always like really cool, but he was like, oh, come on, man. We got to get you back up to your room. You can't be out here like this. Right. And some girl came up. She's like, he's been sitting out here and he's just like staring in the space. Is he okay? And he's like checking me out. He's like, you know, what's going on? Somebody else apparently told him that I ran into a pole (laughs) earlier in the day. And who knows what I was doing for (laughs) Jeez, where were you before that? Yeah, so I mean, probably not like riding bulls. And that just goes to show, like that's that's an injury that that was sustained playing basketball. You know, football. That you're right. That term, getting your bell rung, like that's a thing. Like it was, there were no concussions. It was you got your bell rung, and you okay, you're clear. You okay, great, go back out there. And obviously, as we learn more about CTE and brain trauma they start to take these things more seriously. So hopefully, you know, incidents of that going forward don't, don't happen as often, but you're right. This may not have anything to do with it. I mean, his brain's been donated for CTE research to Boston university. Um, So learn more about what ailed him. But um, I mean, there's a chance he just suffered from alcoholism and maybe he just, you know, and that's, that's sad in its own right. But, um, But you know, it may not have anything to do with the fact that he played in the NFL. In fact, maybe he dies at 18 or 22 or 28 if he didn't make it to the NFL, but sad nonetheless. um, Yeah. But the CTE also, you know, there's a, there's a connection with like drugs and alcohol with CTE. Yes, definitely. I know I I must've, I must've gone through that in college also. (laughs) Yeah. That's what it was. Sure. You were preparing, you were preparing for your CTE. But look, they, they took me to the hospital. They tell they say, yeah, he's got a concussion, you know, wake him up every hour. Yada, yada. Next morning, I was at, I was, I practiced the next morning. And it was the worst experience <laughs> of my life in practice. 
like I ran around for maybe half an hour, you know, doing our warm up drills. And I threw up all over. I went to throw up in a trash can. I threw up all over the bleachers. And I was like, I don't care. They probably thought you were hungover as shit. (laughs) They couldn't have because, you know, I I was with uh, one of the RAs waking me up all night, you know. (laughs) They were like, he must be drunk. He must have gotten drunk this morning. (laughs) Ah, those were the days. Concussions and and fractures. (laughs) You can practice. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, if that was now, I, I would have got to sit out for two weeks. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Well, rest rest in peace, Vincent Jackson. Tragedy. Lots of players and coaches and stuff sent their condolences. And it's a sad, sad day when the NFL loses a uh, one of its former players so so short after he retired. All right. Well, this was fun. We should do this again sometime, maybe yeah. next Friday. Maybe next week. <laughs> maybe next week. Yeah. All right, man. You have yourself a good same night. Same bat time, same bat channel. Same bat channel. Have a good one, America. Stay classy, Mars. Did we, we landed on Mars. We, we, put a, we did. We put, a, the, we put a little four-wheeler on Mars or something. Uh-huh. And and uh, rumor, rumor has it Pace is up there looking for a quarterback. <laughs> He's gonna get a march. He's gonna get Marvin the Martian. Yeah. Wait, do you think Mahomes is special? Wait till you see Marvin. He'll come out with his fucking ray. Fuck back back foot throws. He can be thrown off no feet. <laughs> Levitation. <sighs> All right. Boom. All right.